This morning, we are privileged to have Doug Apple coming, bringing the Word of God. There's a, Doug is a great student of the Word and a great teacher. That's it. Doug, will you come and uh, give us what God has given you this morning? Amen. Joseph and Mary traveling to Bethlehem, and she's pregnant. The time came for her to deliver the child, and she did. And then it says, Jesus was laid in the manger because there was no room for him in the inn the bustling village of Bethlehem at the time of the census, the inn full of people, action, money to be made by the innkeeper, people celebrating, family reunions. But when it came time to put Jesus somewhere, they looked around and was like, yeah, I mean, but where? Man, I'm making money right now. Where am I going to put Jesus in this? I mean, God wants me to make money, right? Where is there room for Jesus? Well, let's stick him out in the manger. <laughs> that's where we'll put him. And that's many times where we are putting Jesus in our life. There's no room for him in the inn. We're having parties. We're making money. Why? We're ministering to people. Where are we going to put Jesus? Well, let's tack him on out here when there's time. So the question for you today is, is there room in your inn for Jesus? If there's not, what are you going to do about it? Well, I have a piece of advice for you. What are you going to do? How are you going to make room? We're going to get real practical, but we're going to start in Luke 9.23. You don't have to go there. Don't pick up your phone and act like you're looking at the Bible. Luke 9.23, you know the verse. If you're familiar with the scriptures, it says, if anyone wants to follow me, the words of Jesus, a couple decades from the manger. If anyone wants to follow me, let him first, what? Two words, deny himself. Let him first deny himself. It goes on from there, but let's just stop right there. If there's not enough room in your inn, for Jesus, because you're so full, because you're so busy, even busy with important, even Christian things, if there's not room for Jesus in your inn, you've got to make room. How are you going to make room? Luke 9.23 says, if you want to follow me first, let him first deny himself. Are you denying yourself anything? We're Americans. Like, why would we deny ourselves? Like, we're here to indulge ourselves. You know, I've got the freedom. I might as well take advantage of it. Isn't that what liberty is all about? License? Is there room in your inn for Jesus? If there's not, 
Deny yourself is one way to start to make room. Get some stuff out to make room for more of Jesus. And it will start by denying yourself some things. We're going to skip to the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said there, when you fast, when you fast, dot, dot, dot. Then he says some other things. He says, when you fast, your father will reward you. I want that reward. I want to be rewarded by God. Don't you want to be rewarded by God? He's got good stuff for us. He said, when you fast, your father will reward you. And I want that. What are you denying yourself? You can deny yourself and call it a fast. Lord, I'm denying myself, myself this or that or the other thing. And God, I'm doing it for you. God, I'm doing it to make room for you. God, it's because I love you and I need you. And this world is a challenging place. I need more of you. I need to bring you from the manger into the main part of my inn. I need to clean out some more rooms for more of you in my life when you fast. So I've been walking with the Lord since the 1980s. And in those early days, I read these scriptures and I heard the sermons. When you fast, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Oh, you do it this way, you do it that way. Oh, I see, I see how it's done. I'll do the same. And I never got anything out of it. You don't have to feel like you got something out of something to get something out of something. But over the years, I would, I would, you know, hey, we're not going to eat for uh, 24 hours. All right. Well, I don't eat for 20. We're not going to eat for 48. We're going to do a three-day fast. All right. Well, you know, by uh, two and a half days, I'm like murdering in my heart. Like the opposite of like, oh, I'm so anointed now that I'm fast. I'm deep into this fast. I just feel the presence of God like I never did. Some people did. Great. I just, it, I thought, here is this spiritual discipline, and I never feel any growth from it. And I didn't know what to make of it, and that's just what I did. So in 2005... I was born and raised in Illinois, had family, had four kids, and like the footprints in the sand, it says, well, there's only one set here because that's where I picked you up and carried you. In 2005, it felt like God picked me and my family up and moved us to Tallahassee, where we didn't know a soul, didn't know anybody. So we come to town so I can manage the Christian radio station Wave 94, and uh, that was at the end of 2005. We come here, and it was like a Wednesday night was our first night. I don't know, it was like January 3rd or something like that. And, uh, and they talk about that they're going to start the year with a three-week fast. You know, we're going to be talking about that again here starting in January. We're going to talk about a three-week fast. I'm priming your pump right now for what we're going to do to start 2023. So we walk in the doors and I say, well, we're doing a Daniel fast. 
I don't, I've been in Christian radio all these years. I've been in the churches. I've dealt with pastors, all kinds of churches from the apostolic to the Pentecostal to the Lutheran to the, I mean, to the Seventh-day Adventist and the Catholic and the, and my goodness, this whole range, because in Christian radio, you're like involved with everybody. And I had never heard of a Daniel fast. I don't know how that escaped my attention. I just never heard of it. In my mind, I knew one fast, like take nothing in but water. Every once in a while, I hear somebody say, well, you know, I slip a little juice in there. I'm like, yeah, that's weak. You know, I'm terrible at it, but wow, juice, really? But that's, that's the only fast I knew is just total and complete. So I heard about this Daniel fast, and I'm trying to take it in, but... You know, if you've ever moved to a brand new place, like I'm trying to figure out how to get to work every day. <laughs> you know, how many times did I zoom past my exit on the interstate? Like, this midway, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> you know, I don't work there. So I thought, you know, I want to do that. And, and God, I'm fired up for you. But like, I just can't take that on. I've got my hands full and my kids and we're putting them in new schools, and it was just overwhelming at the time. And I was like, no, I'm not going to try to do a new fast or something, whatever this is. But my mind got turning, and that was the idea. Is like, so you can kind of like grab onto something and fast it? Like, there's other kinds of fasts? I just didn't know. So at that time, and with the money being so tight from the move and everything, I, I just came to my mind, and I think God probably planted it there, I'm going to go on a shopping fast. So this is the first time I did something that just was like a different kind of a fast. I decided, okay, I'm not going to buy anything for myself for a year. I decided for, for the whole year. And uh, I mean, you can still buy, you know, food and deodorant and toothpaste or whatever, but I'm not going to buy anything that I don't need. I'm not going to buy clothes or shoes or electronics or trinkets or anything like that. So I went on this shopping fast for the whole year. And I ended up doing it for two years until my wife was kind of like, you know, your clothes are shabby. <laughs> and if you know my wife, uh, I said, uh, well, you can buy me something. She's like, I'm not buying anything. You're on a fast. <laughs> like, but you're free. But anyway, so you know, after about two years, I felt like I'd run the course on that shopping fast. But here's some, you learn things about yourself when you start to deny yourself. Here's what happens. As soon as you say, in God's eyes, Lord, I am denying myself this for you. It's a fast. It's not just a discipline. God, I'm doing this for you. What happens is you take something that was a part of your life, an established part of your life, and you shove it out. Well, in science, we learned that nature abhors a vacuum. So as soon as you shove something out, something else comes rushing in, but you're inviting the Holy Spirit in. So as soon as you deny yourself, you're shoving a, a block of your life goes out. It leaves a hole, and you're not letting just any old thing fill the hole. Remember what Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none and then he comes back and he finds the place empty 
swept and put in order. The place is empty. Well, then it says, then the spirit goes and invites other evil spirits, and the last state of that man was worse than the first. But at least at the start, he started right. He got the unclean spirit out. He created the whole. He just didn't fill it with the Holy Spirit. So what you do is you, you take upon yourself a fast. You shove something out of your life. You deny yourself that, and then you invite the Holy Spirit. God, I need more of you. Here's the scripture for you. Lord, I'm so thirsty for you as the deer pants for the water. My soul longs after thee. And then he comes and he fills and he teaches and you learn and you grow as the Holy Spirit's growing within you because you're denying yourself and he comes rushing into the gap. So I learned in my shopping fast that it wasn't that I like fancy things, but I definitely didn't like passing up a bargain. That was when it was the most painful. You see, like, ah, oh, you know, there's a, yeah, I like that shirt. Eh, who cares? I'm on a shopping fast. 80% off. Now it hurts. You're like, is there any way I can pull that off? But you're like, no. And this is the humbling part, because when you're denying yourself something, and you really are, you're like, you're really like, okay, I'm not going to do that. There's, a, there's a, like a tearing down. You feel a destruction inside of you that is the selfish you and you tear it down and God builds it back up in his way and it's humbling and glorious I'm telling you if you start to learn to live the fasted life it will be humbling and that's one of the most beautiful things that can ever happen to you is the humbling so you start with that deny yourself when you fast, your father will reward you. You take up the fasting. That's what I did. But I had told God there at the start of 2006, well, you know, if this church does that again, of course, here we are all these years later still doing it. I said, well, if they do it, if they do it again, all right, God, I guess I'll go ahead and do that Daniel fast thing, like whatever. And uh, so sure enough, 2007 rolls around. Well, we're starting the year with three weeks of fasting. I'm like, oh, it's a Daniel fast. And I got to looking in the Bible and I realized there really wasn't a exact, an exact Daniel fast prescribed. Like if you go try to look, it's not exactly spelled out for you. And, and I did some research and I found some different versions of the Daniel fast. I'm like, wow, you know what? Everybody does this in a different way. I guess I need to come up with my own way. So I decided, all right, uh, my Daniel fast, because I didn't want to look at ingredients. I didn't want to be at the store going, like, I need, I need, oh, it's got that in it. Like, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted it to be simple and clear. So I decided that uh, my Daniel fast had five points. And my five points were the first one is the easiest one, drink only water. So if you ever decide, well, I should do a fast, and you don't know what to do, and you want to do just one thing that is like super easy to know if you're doing it or not. Make your beverage, eat whatever you want, but make your beverage only water. So that's why I decided, all right, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to drink water for beverage. Eat no meat, eat no bread, 
eat no sweets, and eat nothing fried. Those are my five points. And uh, so eat no sweets. I mean, that's just if I decided that was a sweet, then I'm not going to eat that. And I had somebody come up to me, and they were like, is that ketchup? Like, yeah, that's ketchup. Is there, is there sugar in that ketchup? I'm like, thank God I am not reading ingredients. It's not like I'm in college ripping over, open the free ketchup packets and sucking them down for lunch or dessert. What are you having for dessert there, ketchup? All right, so I didn't want to read the ingredients. I didn't want to be eating green beans down at Sunny's and have somebody said, was that a piece of ham? Like, no, you know what, it's not that kind of a fast. I'm just not eating a plate of ham. That's my fast. So those five things, drink only water, eat no meat, eat no bread, eat no sweets, eat nothing fried. I had somebody say, those are chips from Moe's, aren't they? I'm pretty sure I saw how they make those chips down at Moe's in the big, deep, fat fryer. Like, no, gosh. I didn't want to have my brain. I mean, I want to... I don't get all worried about legalism. I don't mind being a little legalistic if it's just good discipline. But I didn't want to ha have to like fret about little ingredients. I just wanted to do the big things. I wanted all the big blocks to be in place. So anyway, I started the Daniel Fast, started 2007. And like the next day, day two of three weeks, my head was throbbing. Have you ever done that where you're detoxing and ugh. and I got headaches sometimes, usually like in the afternoon, maybe from sitting on a computer too long. I never had migraines, but I had headaches where I'd just be like, oh gosh, this is just like, I got to lay down, go, go home and lay down. And, but this is the kind like laying down didn't help, like nothing helped. And like I got it the next day on that third day and it was just like, just oppressive still oppressive and like this is why i don't fast like you can't work you can't think straight you're crabby and uh i felt like god's stirring up within me and see we, this is the humbling part like denying yourself and fasting that's the humbling part humbling is good for you and i was just, i felt just like the holy spirit just rising up within me and saying do it all year and the humbling part is when you say i will because you're denying yourself you're saying like i don't know really if this is going to last all year it probably won't but it's hurting right now i'll do it so i committed to do it for a year and, you know, anybody who's detoxed from sugar and caffeine and all that, you know, in the third or fourth day somewhere, the cloud lifts. And I've never had headaches again. Like I had, like I said, I'm not talking about migraines. I didn't suffer that. But, you know, once a week or so, I'd have that day at work where I'm like, I don't know. I've been looking at the computer too long. Am I not sitting up straight and I'm not drinking up water? I mean, I didn't know what it was. But... It, God took that away by obeying him in this fast. 
So I just did that Daniel fast, and I did do it all year. And that didn't feel like I was getting all that much out of it. Until a few months in, like I would not have got it at three weeks. But a few months in, the lessons started to rise up within me. And the lessons such as, I didn't think I had any addictions. If you had said, well, you know, something's got its hooks in you, Doug. I'm like, no, nothing's got its hooks in me. I mean, follow me around if you want to see if anything's got its hooks in me. What I realized, it wasn't anything with a big hook. It was a thousand little hooks dictating my decisions, my time, my money usage. And here's how it happened. In the most innocent ways, like you would never look at it and say, what kind of Christian are you? Look at you. No, it happened in these little ways, like, I need some M&Ms. Let me run over here and get some M&Ms. Well, I didn't plan ahead. I guess I'll have to buy them out of the machine. Um, I need a Coca-Cola. You ever been just sitting there and you realize, you know what I need now? Some uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. You know, oh, it's lunch. You know what I really need now? A Big Mac and some fries. That's what I need. A thousand little hooks. So I wasn't the guy who's like, you know, I've got one relative and it's Diet Coke. Like he always has. He'll come to your party and bring his Diet Coke. Like your Diet Coke isn't even good enough. His Diet Coke. He's probably got a fountain at home. I, I was not that guy, but it was a thousand little things, and it only revealed to me after time on the Daniel fast, an extended time, and God was setting me free from thousands of little hooks because I couldn't do it because all of a sudden you'd have a little craving. Oh, man, that sounds like that'd be really good right now. Oh, that's right. I can't do it. It's a sweet. It's a fried. It's meat. It's bread. Like, so many things that you're now eliminating from your diet. So I learned a lot that way. Uh, 2007, going into 2008, guess what? For three weeks, we're going to be doing a fast for the church. And I just felt like God put it on me. Do it again. Do it again. All right, God, I'll do it again. So going into 2008, so I'm doing it, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I mean, I kind of feel like I got the point of this. Like, I don't know what I'm getting out of it. And then in, in 2008, God starts stirring. He starts, sometimes I view it like a great big cog, like a wheel, like a water wheel maybe. And it takes some, some energy to get the wheel moving inside of you. And so God starts moving the wheel of Bible memorization. And the wheel starts to turn, like, you know what? You can do that. Like, you have the ability to do that. Like, well, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but yeah, but you know what? You can do it. And like, yeah, well, I can do it. Then you need to do it. And so right in the middle of that Daniel fast, God is turning that wheel. And so I made the decision, all right, I, what I'm going to do is start memorizing one verse per weekday. I'm going to do them all in a row because I find it easier to memorize in a row. Plus, you get the whole context rather than cherry picking a verse here, a verse there, a verse there. Do them all in a row. Get the whole teaching. And uh, not going to learn verse numbers because I'm not really a numbers guy. And it would just be, an, it'd be like the equivalent of reading ingredients on the ketchup. Uh, you know, say, oh, well, Doug, what does Romans uh, 8.23 say? Like, I don't know. what is it, But probably if you start it, I could finish it. 
Um, it's in there. I've got it. But um, I just started doing that. And I've been doing it from 2008 until today. And the blessings from that, oh my gosh, just like that depth of the word and walking in his truth and his light, it's just been shockingly good in my own heart and soul. And what it is, it's once again, it's denying myself because, you know, it's not always easy. And you sit there and you're like, oh, do I have to do that again? Oh, I have to take time for that again. And you're like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But after you do something for a while where you're taking a block and then another block, and in another block, and you're denying yourself. You're like, well, you know what? I don't have to do this, but God, I want to do it. I need more of you. You shove that block out by denying yourself. You invite the Holy Spirit in. Lo and behold, you have more and more of the Holy Spirit working in your life. And it comes with this idea of denying yourself something. So that was into 2008. Then I went ahead and I renewed the Daniel fast again for 2009. And so that was three years of doing the Daniel fast. And then by the end of that, I was, I, I just felt the release or whatever. It's like, okay, well, I'm kind of done with that. So my journey of fasting, though, has continued. And every year here at the church, we are announcing a three-week fast to start the year. And that, just that little thing really put me on this whole journey. In fact, I remember, this is back in 2006, it was Pastor Ledford, and he said something that just stuck within me, and it still sticks with me today. And he said, what we're doing is we are setting aside the things that are pleasant in this world for the kingdom of God. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Most of the time, we are like, why would I not do a pleasant thing that's not a sin? Like, why would I give that up? I'm saying, be spirit-led, as in Holy Spirit-led. Ask him, God, what do you want me to fast? Just literally ask him, God, what do you want me to fast? And then just see if he'll tell you. So that's what I did. And that's what I've been doing over these years is just asking, God, why do you want me to fast? God, why do you want me to fast? So it was, I don't know, three or four or five years ago now. I don't remember. Pastor Steve gets up. Well, we're doing a fast. And I'm like, okay, well, gee whiz. Um, God, why do you want me to fast? And literally, I was thinking, well, you know, if you don't tell me, I'm just not going to fast anything. Like, I'm too busy. Um, I'm not saying that's the right attitude. <laughs> I'm just saying that was my thought at the time. But I did say, God, okay, God, what do you want me to fast? And, and it, it popped into my mind. I think it came from God, and that was fast breakfast. Fast breakfast. I was like, well, I can fast breakfast. And I got to thinking, well, wait, my wife likes to go out for breakfast on Saturday mornings. I don't want to burden her, like put the burden, the weight on her. And I thought, okay, so I did come up with this plan. I will fast breakfast on normal workday mornings. So in other words, if somebody else like says, hey, let's meet for breakfast, which hasn't happened nearly as often as I had hoped, then I, then I wouldn't have to burden them like, well, I can't do that because, you know, I'm fasting breakfast. But I did that, and then I said, you know what, I'm not going to do it for three weeks. I'm just going to make it. TFN, till further notice. Like, I'm not going to make a commitment. 
I, I said, well, I'm not going to decide for a year. I'm not going to decide for three weeks. I'm just going to keep doing it until I feel like God says, all right, that, that's good. You're good. And I've been doing it ever since. Fasting breakfast on normal workday mornings, which is almost every weekday, from that day a few years ago until today. And what a crazy blessing that has been. Now, some people say, well, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You should always eat breakfast. Well, different people have different bodies. I encourage you to seek God what he wants you to do. I'm telling you, I always ate breakfast. My whole life I ate breakfast up until then. And now I generally, I mean, most of the time I'm not eating breakfast, not eating until afternoon because of that, doing it as a fast, offering it up to God as a sacrifice. God, I'm denying myself this in order because I'm so hungry for more of you. And, and so this little journey of fasting, there's 12 things I'm fasting right now. 12 things. And see, this is the difference between an all-out fast, because you can't sustain that, you'll die, versus this kind of individual spirit-led fasting as the Holy Spirit leads you and as the Holy Spirit's doing his work within you, so you're denying yourself these certain things, you're shoving them out of your life. And uh, just as God brings them to me, then I'm saying, all right, God, I will do that. And they have changed over time. Like, for example, I was fasting cake, and then I took cake off the list, partly because I hardly ever eat cake, and it didn't even seem like it mattered. So, you know, I eat cake at a wedding or something, like cake's not my thing. So I took it off the list. Currently, 12 things. Candy. I haven't eaten candy in years. Candy. Cookies. Frozen dairy treats, that one started as ice cream, and then I was just eating frozen yogurt like it was going out of style, so I was like, you know, that's not even a fast, like I just replaced it with frozen yogurt, so it became candy cookies, frozen dairy treats, Rice Krispie treats, because my, my wife kept making them for the grandkids, and I kept eating them all, I was like, this has got to go, um, Candy cookies, frozen dairy treats, Rice Krispie treats, Pop-Tarts, same deal. I found myself with a little hook in me like in the afternoon, but like, you know what I need right now? Some Pop-Tarts. That's what I need. Like, this has got to go. And then, uh, I don't know if I'm going to remember the whole list here, sweet cereal. Not that I was eating it for breakfast because I wasn't eating breakfast, but I found myself like sitting there in the evening with a, you know, dig your hand right in the Captain Crunch. Like, you don't even need a bowl. For that, yummy. So I was like, all right, the uh, sweet cereal's got to go. Um, I was sitting in Applebee's one day, meeting with a pastor. And uh, man, this big old hamburger and fries, yum, yum. It was perfect, A1. And somewhere in the middle of it, I felt that little uh, voice of the Spirit saying, this has got to go. I was like, all right. I've been doing it long enough now where I'm like, all right. You know, because I see the joy in it. I see the blessings in it. It's come from being a self-sacrifice to being like, I know this is going to be good for me. Lord, if you're leading me to it, it's going to be good. I'm sure of that. Hamburgers, french fries. Um, pork is an entree. I say pork is an entree, so I'm not going to go down to Cracker Barrel and meet you and eat a big plate of sausage. You know, but hey, was that a brown thing? Inside that rice, what was that right there? You know, was that a piece of sausage? 
Like, mm. So um, I'm going to end up leaving something out, and I forgot even what my count was. But there, uh, there are a couple of things on there that are not food, because we're very food-oriented so far. But I'm saying deny yourself, and that can fall into a lot of things. Um, up until recently, my wife and I were on a TV fast, so we weren't watching any television. And uh, man, it was just so peaceful. She talked about sleeping better, um, just TV fast. Maybe God's calling you a TV fast. I've heard of people doing a social media fast. I've never done that, but I've heard some people say, what a great blessing that was. Take that, move that out of their life. Let the Holy Spirit fill the vacuum. Um, secular music, fasting secular music. And uh, somebody in here right now is saying, I'll argue with you about that. And I invite you to come later and argue with you. I mean, we can talk about it. Um, but just for my own life or my own purposes, I wanted to shove out anything that might be ungodly in that and make room for more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I've got to have that. So I call this my adventures in fasting because it has been an adventure. So I encourage you, if there's not enough room in the inn for Jesus, you've got to start clearing out some tenants in the inn and make room for Jesus. And that will come by denying yourself some things. It might be denying yourself some income. We can really get hooked into that area of like, well, I've got to make money. I've got to make more money. Be spirit-led, Holy Spirit-led. God, what do you want me to do? And just seek him. God, what do you want me to fast? And by the way, you don't have to wait until like the first Sunday in January or whatever it is when we're going to start an official church fast. If you ask God today, like, God, what do you want me to fast? And he drops something in your mind, just be like, all right, I'm in. All right, I'm doing it now. Like, Oh, now I'm going to, uh, what, wolf down that snack you want me to fast today. I'm going to drink all the root beer I can today, God. Oh, and that reminds me, my other, my other, the other thing I'm fasting is, and here's how I like to say it because it sounds so manly. I'm fasting all beverages except the frontline soldier beverages of water and black coffee. I said that to one guy one time. I said, yes, I'm fasting all beverages except the frontline soldier beverages. And he interrupted me. Like, he said, you're just drinking beer? <laughs> like, no. Sometimes people hit me up with, um, what do you think about Christians and alcohol? I said, well, you're barking up the wrong tree. I'll talk to you about Christians and Mountain Dew. But anyway, so that's just another fast. And the same thing, I'm like, what a blessing. I am so humbled by these various fasts because God did it. Like, I was not a disciplined person. God did it in me just because of my desire for more of him. Like, God, I've got to have more of you. I've got to make space for you in my life. And he has done it. He has come in and filled it. And as I, I'm near the end of my time here, I want to promote the class that you already saw the announcements about. And that is this thing that we're, it's a support group, really, that we're starting on Wednesdays in January called Spirit-Led Weight Loss. I have to be careful where I look every time I bring that up. Can't make eye contact and 
with the wrong person bring any condemnation <laughs> spirit-led weight loss but we're going to conduct an experiment in the same way I'm saying let's conduct an experiment with fasting just ask God like what do you want me to fast will he tell you the uh, weight loss support group I says spirit-led Holy Spirit-led we're not coming into it with an exercise plan we're not coming into it with a diet plan we're coming into it with a walk with Jesus plan ramp up your discipleship ramp up your time with God will he lead you in all areas of your life and especially will he lead you in the area of body stewardship basically we're just going to say let's get with God every single day and say God what do you want me to do with this body will you tell me some people say how do you know that's God how will you know you can't know for sure I guess but what I'm looking for is that a word of authority that arrives in my heart or my mind and I take that from the scriptures where it said you know when the scribes taught I mean they knew the scriptures they knew how to teach they taught the truth from the Old Testament but when Jesus taught wow that was really different what was different about it because it says when he taught he taught as one having authority so when you're trying to listen is that the Holy Spirit talking to me God is that you talking to me Jesus is that you what you're gonna one thing you can watch for is say like did that a message arrive with authority like wow okay God that probably really is you I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it so with fasting ask God what do you want to fast be listening for that voice of authority to rise up within you his spirit bearing witness with your spirit here's what I'd like you to do and then be ready to deny yourself that thing it's gonna work the same way in the spirit-led weight loss support group we're gonna seek God and we're gonna be listening for what will he say and then will we be willing to listen and follow all right we're gonna close in a prayer that we're all gonna to say together it's gonna to be one simple sentence I've already said it and I'm gonna give you the mic or I don't know what you want me to do with it I'll just end it and send everybody home so I'll send the musicians home what power sit down Tom you take a break you're on vacation no and don't say this if you like really don't mean it but we're gonna do here's what we're gonna do I'll, I'll say it and then we're gonna say it together it's just God what do you want me to fast let's say it together in three two one God what do you want me to fast amen